Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is JD Strom. He is a keynote speaker, communication consultant, and coach. JD, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much. Delighted to be here today. So you have a very, very, very impressive pedigree relative to you having at one point spoke or taught actually at NYU, at Stanford, at Columbia. So how did you get all these really cool gigs, JD? Because a lot of people have difficulty even speaking at their church or their local chamber of commerce where you have literally spoken at some of the most reputable schools in the world. Well, a little bit of it is uh, right place, right time, uh, but also just being willing, being available when people ask you, would you want to share that story? Would you be willing to, to do this? Uh, when I was working on my MBA at NYU, uh, I had two or three professors who asked me to guest speak in class about what I was doing as, in my day job. I was, I was going to school at night. And I said, absolutely. And that led to being a TA, getting offered to be a part-time lecturer, and then full-time. And it all came from just not being afraid to step out and, and share what you know in a way that's appropriate. That's great. And then you went on to get your PhD in Hydro Kitchen. But I also want to note to our listeners that you actually studied theater in, in a bachelor degree. So again, sometimes when we when I share our guest stories, they're like, oh my gosh, JD is so impressive. But I'm like, look, at least again, from your profile, you have a business and education, but you also theater. So you're a great example of how, hey, you're not necessarily set in your ways where in your case, you're, you're a great example of how you both have the creative background, you're a business person, and you love education. So tell me about that, that, that cornucopia of, of various skill sets you have, JD. <laughs> Well, I think when, my, uh, when I told my parents when I was a senior in high school that I was going to study theater in college, uh, they were terrified that I would, uh, you know, never make any money and, uh, you know, would end up waiting tables the rest of my life. And, uh, but I found by studying theater, studying communication, how to speak, how to move people, I was never a great actor but I was <laughs> able to understand how to take what we were learning in, in theater studies and be able to then use it in other ways. I started teaching uh, uh, test prep for Kaplan and then started training other people how to teach effectively. And it, everything I've done has had something to do with how we communicate, how we speak and how we write. So it just naturally evolved into way cool position at Stanford when they revised their curriculum in 07. Uh, they opened a slot up for a full-time communications faculty member. And, uh, and so I came to Stanford and then created uh, their communications curriculum. And it's, it's just been take the next right step, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Love that. And like you said, be open-minded because ultimately if you're not open-minded, people in their own minds, they already have a self-limiting belief. But in your case, by example, just go out there and have an open mind. It doesn't always happen the way you want it to, but you're a great example of that. And I said that you wrote a book called Communicate with Mastery, Speak with Confidence, and Write for Impact. I got to say, JD, that communicating is literally a superpower. And unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of people don't have the superpower, but they can have it. So tell us about your book and how we can speak more with confidence first, and then we'll talk about the writing part. Sure. The 
the book is really chronicles uh, what I did uh, for the first uh, 10 to 12 years I was at Stanford. And uh, I, we don't say this on the cover, but in the foreword, I say that we want to make available to readers how we train MBAs at one of the top schools in the world uh, to communicate effectively without the cost and time that it takes to go get an MBA. And so this is kind of the, uh, uh, the easy route or the less expensive route uh, to look at what we mean by leadership communication. Can I speak and write in a way that people will follow me? And, uh, and so in the book, I've, I've, put, uh, I've interviewed a ton of my colleagues that, that have taught with me over the years, make it very actionable that while you're reading it, there, you can immediately put into place the strategies and the techniques that we offer uh, so that even just by reading a book, you can become a better communicator. Interesting. So first two questions. So you said that in, in an MBA program, you feel that they do, do they do teach you how to speak better at an MBA program? Until 07 at Stanford, we did not have a communications faculty person for 23 years. Um, when I when I stepped into the role in 07, uh, one of my uh, uh, new colleagues said, oh, you're Mary Munter's replacement. I said, she's been gone 23 years. I don't think I'm a replacement. <laughs> so it was, it was a real uh, move on Stanford's part to, to add communication to the curriculum. And, uh, and, and we have over the, that period of time been able to have a lot of coaches and other, other lecturers that have come in uh, to where we have, I think last year we had 22 sections of different types of communication uh, that students could study. So it is uh, variable. Um, many schools around the country have a very robust program. Other schools look at this uh, like it's, it's a good thing to know, but shouldn't be something you get course credit for. And so in those programs, it's offered you know, extracurricular or as a club or an activity. But I think it's much better to, to be focused on it as a class. Sure. Again, you and I both, we make our living from communicating, but on a much deeper level, I, I really believe it's a calling. I mean, I often share the story about how the very first memory I had as a kid, JD, in class was my teacher, a person of authority, looking down at me as a six-year-old kid, literally saying, shut up. Now, of course, she didn't say shut up, but she implied it by saying, Christopher, you're talking too much. You're going to write on the board a hundred times. I want to talk in class. But what I'm saying is the very gift that I now know I have, I was silent. So I, I love that you have this deep passion for communicating. So tell us about how we can communicate better basic things, because of course we can't dive into all the things, but just some of the basic things that you see that people lack and how we can actually fill some of those gaps. Certainly. One, one simple strategy that is covered in the first page of the book, and it's almost in the first class I ever teach or workshop I do, is a model uh, I didn't develop it myself. It was uh, uh, Lynn Russell at the Columbia School of Business uh, and Mary Munter uh, uh, put it in one of their books, but it's the AIM model. Just think of a triangle and each edge of the triangle, one is audience, one is intent, and one is message. I've got to know who I'm speaking or writing to. That's the audience piece. The intent, what is it that I want them to do? as a result of the talk or as a result of the email or the text or the phone call. And once I know who I'm writing to or speaking to and what I want them to do, then I create the message. And I only go to message after I'm really clear on what the A and what the I stand for. Too many leaders jump immediately to message and they share 
what they need to say or they want to say without considering who needs to hear it and then what's the action that I want them to take. And if, if people can just infuse that into everything they do before they communicate, who's my audience and what is it that I want them to do, they'll be much more effective right out of the gate. Yeah, and I like how you asked the intention, which is what do you want them to do? Because there is an engagement or transformation. And it's not just words you're sharing. There is ideally this win-win situation where let's say my intent, my audience are entrepreneurs, executives, speaker, other coaches. My intent is I want to inspire and move. And my message is, hey, JD, you have a cool story. I want to share your story with the world. You know, But it was very intentional. And I love, 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 love that simple triangle, A-I-M, aim, aim for the person you want to most connect with so that you can change the world. That's awesome. And then what about for writing, JD? As simply as you said with, uh, maybe it's the same, by the way, that when you say write with impact, yeah. any specific so tips? You absolutely can use the aim triangle in, in writing, but the piece I love to teach in business writing, uh, and this is my own, <laughs> uh, is just the ABCs of business writing. Should be active, brief, and clear. You want to write in the active voice, you want to be sure that, that you're not uh, hiding your point in the passive voice. You want to be as brief as possible. Several people have been attributed as having said, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Um, might have been Mark Twain, uh, might have been Oscar Wilde, who knows. Um, but you want to write it as brief as possible without losing content and then clear. You want to be sure as you reread that memo, that report, that email, is your point completely clear? Often, one of the best ways to do this is get the entire document done, set it aside, maybe overnight, maybe just for an hour, maybe just for a walk around the block, and come back to it and be sure that it's clear, it's as short as you can make it, and then and only then do the title or the subject line or the executive summary, because you should write last the thing that your audience is going to see first. That's great. It's so amazing. Again, I, I love this podcast because I got to learn as my listeners learn. So that's great advice, JD. How can our guests stay in touch with you, learn from you, buy your books, hire you to be a coach? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, I have a website. It's just my name, jdschramm.com, jdschramm.com. Uh, there's free resources up there. There's videos and materials, both of myself and students and execs that I have coached that people can see for free. And there's a link on there, makes it easy to contact me, makes it easy to order my book individually or uh, bulk rate ordering for people who want to do it for an entire team or an entire department or company. And uh, would, would love to stay in touch with you and any of your listeners. Uh, this is a topic near and dear to my heart and one that I love to be able to chat with folks about. Great. JD, thanks again for your time. Have a great day. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.